Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast, the fastest growing conservative evangelical Anglican charismatic podcast in the greater Fox Chapel area. I am not the Reverend Alexander John Shuttleworth. Uh, I am Ben. I am one of the pastors here and Alex is on vacation. So we wish him the very best and much rest and refreshment. I am joined by the inimitable Robert Fire. Hi, everybody. And the beautiful and graceful Stephanie Wolpe, my wife. Hello. So it's wonderful to uh, have a little change up of scenery and uh, our roster this week, but we are still going to study the scriptures, continuing in our series from Revelation and the letters to the churches in chapters 2 and 3, in which we continue to see God's promises saying, I will do this for us. So we're reading about the letter to the church in Smyrna uh, from Revelation 2, 8 through 11. And Stephanie, will you read for us? Yes. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich and the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Amen. Thank you. Oh, was I supposed to read verse 12 too? No. Okay. No, that's right. to Pergamum. That's for, that's for next okay. week. Um, so we're in this, this series of letters in Revelation 2 and 3 to the seven churches in Asia where, where Jesus is speaking specifically to these churches in the midst of persecution and trial. And we talked about last week, the main, me- the main message of Revelation that Jesus is trying to communicate is that he is coming back and he wins. He is the one who has the victory over all of these evils and the, the corruption of sin that we see cosmically and particularly in our situations. Jesus wins. Um, so he's speaking to these churches and here he speaks to Smyrna. Um, let's just look at the verse by verse and looking at verse 8, Jesus kind of gives this introductory um, opener. What what sticks out to you in that? Well, we just see immediately uh, so clearly who he is um, and who our trust is in. He's the first and last and he's conquered death and that is a source of phenomenal hope and expectancy especially with the topic that starts in <laughs> Verse nine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm struck by the, in each of these letters, Jesus gives kind of an introductory kind of explanation. Here's who I am. And all of it's actually reflecting back on the vision that John has in chapter one of Jesus. Um, This glorious vision of, uh, the son of man clothed with long white robe, golden sash around his chest and his eyes like a flame of fire with a double-edged sword and uh, from his mouth and uh, verse 17 and 18 of that uh, chapter 1 say, 
Jesus said, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. So he's kind of reflecting back these things that John saw in the vision and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm that one, and here's what I'm saying to you. Yeah, and then he says his identity is the basis for what his, his message says after. So uh, verse 9, what is, he, what is he trying to communicate here? Uh, well, one, that he's aware of what we have or are or will go through. Um, and I also am struck by the, the lack of middle road here. It's either the synagogue of Satan yeah. or it's like there's no, there's no middle road, hmm. right? It's, it's yeah. either of, of Christ or it's it, like Connie, Connie Hughes said years ago, it's either God or not God. Yeah. Is it God or is it not God? Those are the only choices. There's no muddy middle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really strong statement. Yeah. They are the synagogue of Satan. Yeah. A very offensive statement. Yeah. Well, welcome <laughs> to the words of Christ. Right? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't tend to shy from being offensive. Yeah. yeah. It's reminding me of, I think, also in, in Hebrews, where he's, where the writer says that we have a high priest who 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 sympathizes with us, who knows who knows our suffering, the mm. Because when, when he says, I know your tribulation and your poverty, it, to me there sounds like there's more there than just, I know that it's happening, a statement of fact. Mm. Like this is our, this is our Lord who, who knows our tribulation, who knows our poverty. And there's also just something really powerful in having someone else acknowledge our suffering sometimes. Mm. And, and it, gives, it gives it validity. And he doesn't stop there though. Like he's gonna, he's gonna keep going and lay it on a bit thicker but this is this is the lord this is the high priest who knows our weakness who who is with us in our suffering he's not remote um so i I love that he starts with that saying like i i know your tribulation i know your poverty but also the the parentheses are kind of hilarious to me as just this this interjection that (laughs) doesn't really get much of an explanation it's like i know your tribulation i know your poverty but you're rich and the slander of those yeah yeah, I, I hear in that, like, there's extreme poverty there, but really spiritually they're rich. What written, what really matters, they have a, a great wealth um, that's not necessarily reflected in the physical. Um, that's that's what I read. I don't know. Would you read anything different or no? I just I think Stephanie's point is so excellent. The idea that you know, one of the great things that sets Christianity apart is that here you have a God that's a suffering servant to those you know who who, what other religion that god comes and suffers and endures and dies for his people yeah so the idea that he truly does know yeah that's a real blessing to us and and can be a real encouragement whatever we're going through Mm -hmm. jesus knows and he's been there and then just the idea that tribulation, difficulties, I mean, I guess it would get to it better here in, what is it, verse 10. But just the idea that it's coming, it's inevitable, right? Yeah. If you're not in it right now, you were or you will be. You know, just this, this, this idea, I think, especially in 
2020 where we're so blessed. I mean, I guess looking through the lens of COVID, you know, people are definitely suffering, but I don't know. I feel like we're shocked maybe more than before in history when we have to suffer things. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't even like to be mildly inconvenienced, <laughs> let alone the idea of suffering. But here it's basically saying, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think COVID and race riots and and uh, and protests have kind of shaken us out of what uh, mm -hmm. we're we're actually I think experiencing more of what humanity generally experiences, yes. like kind of the default. Like people suffer, like suffering is real and it's a part of life. And in our wealthy society and with our modern comforts, we can kind of sidestep a lot of that or hide from it, even though we can't hide from the real sufferings but I think we're, we're kind of just experiencing more of what it means to be human yeah. and shouldn't be surprised no we should not be surprised looking at um, verse 10 as well I'm so struck by the second sentence there behold the devil is about to throw some of you into prison um, so we it's uncomfortable sometimes to talk about the devil, that, that, that evil has a name and a face and that there is an active presence. It's not just a, a generalized, um, you know, the duality within the self, you know, everybody has dark and light or, or whatnot, um, but that, that evil actually is personified in the yeah. scripture and that that means something. For us and I mean it's not likely that the devil himself was going to manifest to the church of Smyrna and individually drag each one of its members and throw them into prison yeah. like likely that was that would have been uh, you know the soldiers of I don't know what what empire would it have been Rome Rome, yeah. Rome? okay I don't know where Smyrna <laughs> is so I didn't want to assume it probably would have been Roman soldiers Roman authorities Roman governors who would have given these orders but but here, the author says, it's the devil. It's the devil yeah. who's, going, who's, who's the power at work behind this. And yet, do not fear what you are about to suffer. Even, if it, even though it's the devil himself, do not fear. Yeah. Yeah, and to that point, it's remarkable that he says this is the direct cause. The devil is the direct cause of this. And just as God can work through people and systems and structures... To bring about his will the devil works through people and systems and structures and they're not equal but they often work in similar ways in the world um, and it's it's literally the devil that's that's causing this suffering and this uh is behind this persecution but it's still placed under god's sovereignty though yeah, because then the next say, clause is that you may be tested mm -hmm. yeah yeah so even even the devil and what does that produce in yeah. us right so God can use that, redeem that, yeah. grow us in that. Mm -hmm. And then after that, there's an end to it. There is. Right. So suffering may last, mm -hmm. but joy will come. That's right. But maybe not in the ways we anticipate or we hope for. Because it says, for 10 days you will have tribulation. Um, I think the implication is that after 10 days it will end in death. I don't think it's going to end in like their release and going mm -hmm. back to normal life and uh, 
being joyful and happy in the world again. Mm -hmm. But the next thing he says is be faithful unto death. Uh, I, I think Jesus is telling them, you're going to be thrown into prison. You're going to suffer terribly under for 10 days. It's going to test you. It's going to take you to your limits. And then death. And be faithful unto death. Um, that's what I'm, I'm reading is the kind of series of events that Jesus is prophesying here for them. And yet there's the, the assurance of God's sovereignty in that, in yeah. the, in saying that, that this has a purpose that you may be tested. Um, and that the Lord knows the 10 days, like, like you said, there is an end it will end. The Lord knows that ahead of time. He's already decided mm. that there will be an end. And whether whether it does end in death for, for everyone and then well and the Lord welcoming them into eternal life, or whether there's some other end that isn't fully disclosed here. Either way, the Lord has said, I'm I control this process. Like for whatever I don't I don't understand why the Lord allows the work of the devil to flourish in the way that he does. I wish I did. It's something that that I wrestle with quite a bit. Um, and yet, there there is a good, a purpose for the people of God in our testing. And the Lord says, it's it's gonna end. Like there is no, this is not an indefinite, well, we'll just see when, we'll just see when enough is enough. The Lord says, no, I, I know when it is going to end and that end is not in doubt. Um, Yeah, it, it, it's revealing to us all a lot of these dynamics of how God works in his sovereignty and how he allows the devil to work and how he allows suffering for our good and to produce in us uh, endurance and steadfastness and faithfulness that, uh, that will lead us into to life um, that even, even that happens through death. But this call, be faithful in the midst of this. Be faithful and do not waver. Uh, hold fast to what you know in the midst of suffering that, that puts you to your limits. Be faithful unto death, um, just as Jesus was. Um, he was obedient unto death, Philippians 2. And, and out of that... Uh, paid the price for our sins and, and conquered death uh, in his obedience and his faithfulness and we're called to the same faithfulness even unto death which you know is kind of a rousing uh, be faithful and an encouragement and a, and a calling on and a war cry and, but then <laughs> unto death oh uh, I guess that's where we're going just to, to jump ahead to the last the last sentence here is the one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death and that image of conquering I mean it's it makes me think of the the imagery of the cross where like you know we we're so comfortable with the image of the cross it's oh, like you know it's yeah. a little little gold necklace that I wear or you know maybe has some shiny stones on it but the cross was a was a symbol of humiliation and of subjection in in the Roman authorities being able to say we can do whatever we want like behold, like the, the, the cross was was a symbol of humiliation and utter defeat. Like was there was there a way in which a human being could be more crushed than to be crucified? Mm -hmm. And yet that's what we have in the front of our church and the Lord 
the Lord reversing that and taking the symbol of humiliation and making it the symbol of victory. And for a lot of us, what could be a worse way than a worse thing to happen than to die early, um, or to to be to be killed by others, to die in prison? Is there a worse thing we can think of? And yet the Lord says, the one who conquers, like the one who endures unto, de- mm. unto death, the one who is faithful to the Lord and endures the tribulation, it's reversed. It's not a it's not a defeat. It's not something to to fear. But it says this is. There's victory in this, and not yeah. not just not because we romanticize it, so that it's easier to cope with, but it's because the Lord has actually defeated death and made His and given His victory to us. Yeah. So He He who conquers, and then will not be hurt by the second death, which sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah, the second death, I think, being that lake of fire in yeah. uh, chapter twenty right. of Revelation, um, that is the opposite of eternal life. Uh, Whatever that's going to look like, an, a punishment or annihilation or whatever, like separation, separation from God for all of eternity, and uh, which is its own punishment yeah. um, and and torture. But uh, we're going to uh, not be harmed by that. Those who conquer, those who are faithful unto death, uh, will receive that crown of life. And the everlasting life that can never be conquered by death because it, it has come through death and conquered it itself. Um, Jesus says, I will give you the crown of life when you're faithful unto death. So uh, just as Jesus came through death and was raised to uh, glorious eternal life, can never die again. We're going to go through the same process through death into eternal life and getting that crown that he promises us. Um, what do we think of when uh, you hear that word, the crown of life? I mean, the images that, that evokes, I think there's a lot of different things that can come to mind that might be helpful to, to tease out. Just the idea of um, reward um, for enduring, for being steadfast in your faith um, and then we get to turn around and cast them at his feet mm. um, oh that's a great reminder um, but I just and I know this isn't exactly what you asked but I just uh, how many times does it say do not fear Yeah. Um, I don't know I think sometimes we well if I were really spiritual you know, I wouldn't, and then I think he says, "Do not fear, because we will." Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you're not faithful, and that you're not enduring, and that you're not. I think we're we're still broken humanity, and he knows that we will be afraid, and that there will be things that will totally shake us yeah. and rattle us. That actually reminds me in my my scripture reading this morning. I was reading from Psalm thirty four. Uh, which says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Mm. And there was something for me this morning that was so visceral about that. And just like I, in the last few months, more of my fears have had names put on them. Mm. Um, it's like, you know, I, I think kind of before, like kind of pre-pandemic, I had a general sense. It's like, oh yes, I'm probably afraid of these things. And then like we were talking about earlier, just things being shaken up and kind of us, having the opportunity to kind of wake up to what the world is actually like most of the time 
and my fears have been given names and but the Lord has delivered me from those it's not that you know does that mean now that I'm not going to die that I'm not going to get sick that I'm that my kids are not going to sick no that's not what it means but the Lord has delivered me is delivering me from the fear of those things mm. praise the Lord Amen. Sometimes uh, in my work, I will have opportunity or people will seek me out to, you know, when you're one-on-one working with people and something as personal as singing voice, right? And they have fears. And I know it sounds, I guess, a little bit overly simplistic, but sometimes I'll say, well, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? <laughs> you know, if you, if you could boil that down and say the worst thing that could happen is dot 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 and then you can look at that thing and say okay right Mm -hmm. so in this case if the worst thing that can happen is we endure for a while and as a believer we we suffer even for the name of Christ you die and but we need not fear second death we need like if you can if that's the worst thing that's going to happen to me and I can look at that and go okay Right. Instead of living under a thing of fear, yeah. to be able to look at that and say as a believer and as a follower of Jesus, as one of his apprentices that says he did this, right, and we will go through this, and okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know. There's something really freeing in that. I yeah. Think, if you can just stare it down, instead of avoiding it, or not wanting to you know really look at it but stare it down and say okay and for those of us who are in Christ who know the hope of his salvation the worst that can happen is that we will suffer for a while and then receive that crown of life that and I think that's what's so helpful and what I find such a, another grace that God gives us a vision of a future glory to look towards and to hope for and to to long for that we will have this crown of life of victory over death that is for all of eternity and that we get to spend with him um and what could be on the balance of things like what could be so bad that it 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 counterbalances that future hope like there's there's minor inconveniences maybe along the way in the big picture um but yeah, he, he says, I will give you this crown of life, so do not fear. Yeah. Totally transforms the worldview. Yeah. Right. How you look at what you're facing. And Paul says something similar, I think, where he says, I count it all as nothing, as, as trash, as a garbage heap, compared to, to the glory that, that we will have in Christ. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just that, that even that glory is, is better, of like on the balance, the, the glory is probably going to outweigh the suffering. Paul says any, anything else, good or bad, outside of that crown of life is trash. Mm. Um, what a wonderful God we must serve. Yeah. Who, whose glory is so, so big, so beautiful, so deep, so redemptive, that it could make anything else look so worthless. Eye has not seen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think that's why he said earlier in that same book of Philippians that to live is Christ and to die is gain. Mm-hmm. There's a gain that we win and that we accomplish through death because we will 
have conquered and receive that crown of life from him. Well done, good and faithful servant. May it be so for us. Amen. Well, this has been the Christ Church Fox Chapel podcast. Thank you for joining us. And uh, next week, hopefully, we will have back our regular host to bring us back to some decorum and uh, sensibilities. So God bless you. Bye.